0: Hi, come on in, grab a snack.
1: Welcome to Bob and Joyce. We have a good program today and hope you leave with good ideas and hope by all means a few good laughs.
0: We want to support you doing bold work. Here we are again.
1: Here we are again. It
0: must be Tuesday morning. I think so. And here we are again, willing to dig into, I would say, riffing on performance management and professional development and everything in between you know i i i'm so glad
1: you r- suggest that because we've been in the quagmire yeah know? uh and then uh you know we we're talking about hiccups and hacks so yeah i mean uh it's good to get back to something concrete as much as i enjoyed those episodes
0: oh my gosh yes i so disagree with you <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and pray tell which part do you disagree with
0: almost all of it no
1: <laughs> that's what um, the show's about folks <laughs>
0: yes. well it depends they can go shopping to for nuggets when we go all over the place and I'm not sure how concrete will be today because I don't I'm not perfectly clear mm-hmm. on where I stand so I, but I can start and I've been looking there. One thing I did do was create a great approach to conversation based development for the top 150 people in a global company. Yeah. And it was, had no ratings. (laughs) It just had structured informal conversations three times a year. The first, at the beginning of the year, was to get straight on company goals and personal, professional goals. And that was done by the boss. And uh, we had it start with the CEO to model and then the next group to model. And then in June, there'd be a, if you wanted to hit hard, if performance felt off, if whatever, the midpoint in June was the time to have sort of um, the tougher talks if you needed them. So you couldn't avoid them because if you do it in June, there's time to improve. Yeah. And, And at the executive level, it's never anything. I want to say quick, but because my basic philosophy is everybody should be growing at the edge. They want to grow and at the speed they want to grow. And everybody has the right to know if their job is under threat. And I've seen it at the top executive level where there's been a surprise. And I think that's bad management. So then, um, and then the end of the year, tying up the goals. And of course, figuring out compensation related to the goals has to do with design. And we could talk about that forever. Do you go by team-based goals, individual goals, company goals? That has to be figured out depending on the culture that you want. Yeah. Um,
1: So I remember that very well because I was part of the organization and actually...
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, use that process. Well, where's my document? I can't find it. Yes, <laughs> Where, well, you know so, what? I, I, I just want to say this one thing. All the documents had were having these three meetings is non negotiable. Yeah. You are great questions that can be asked, and that it's co creative, it's a dialogue. And there are questions there for the person being. Um, Developed and vice versa, but I I put st- uh, examples in there that gave demanded both voices initiate points they want to talk about anyhow. So it was co-creative coaching.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I'll tell you why I, I like parts of what you're describing, and mm-hmm. and in today's world, I I'd suggest of uh, some modifications. Yeah. If I think about early in my career, and it, it pains me to think that there's still companies that do this, that they come up with a very structured, uh, you know, uh, rating-based performance. Uh, behavioral,
0: uh, behavioral robots.
1: Right. You got your job description uh, requirements to the job and you got rated on each one of those. And then, you know, typically there was more of the soft leadership skills and you were rated on those. And then you were uh, judged on uh, how you did against your goals, both individual and collective. I, I always hated being on the receiving end, and I didn't understand completely why, but I didn't enjoy being on the giving side as the boss. And looking back, it was such an, in my opinion, an adversarial relationship Mm -hmm. it's like the prosecutor the boss is the prosecutor Mm -hmm. it's essentially saying you know here's the way i see it good bad and indifferent yeah then you were the defense attorney well you know i agree with parts it was just uh, it 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 literally had the opposite impact it's a process that people literally said i'm going to fill out this piece of paper and i'm going to send it into hr because i don't want to get into trouble right Unfortunately, Joyce, I, I think it's fewer and fewer companies there are still companies that um, have this very structured and I'll say punitive mm-hmm. uh, process. Um,
0: I agree and this and frankly this was for maybe director level and up across nine companies
1: yeah
0: and across cultures. So that kind of tight uh, wording for behaviors that meet the vision, that meet the goal, that the house that Jack built, um, weren't there. And the assumption was, if they were at the director level and up, you must've done something right, and we hope you continue. I think Harvard is arguing to do away with them. And then what you, um, just high feedback in the moment and as you go along. Um, I would say this was a a softer, it was a co, it was a dialogue-based. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think we even called it dialogue-based yeah, conversations. I, I I think it was, you know, uh, a vast improvement over what I described earlier. What I, um, you know, so this is the regret. If I could go back and change, and I'm seeing uh, more progressive companies do this, is totally getting away from the rating and the judging by hmm. the boss. hmm putting the onus of the conversation on the employee mm-hmm. and, and are asked uh, a couple of uh, thoughtful questions like mm-hmm. what do you feel particularly good about in the last year or right. the last quarter? Um, you know, where did you feel challenged or stuck?
0: Yeah, and what can I do in support of your work and development? Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: Th- that- uh, you, you got the third. And the fourth is what can the company uh, yeah. what, what can the company do to, to help you be more um, uh, productive and happy?
0: Yeah. I just wrote something about this. Oh, I don't know. I, I, look, at, look at our Facebook page. I um, talked something, too, about the art of promotion, the timing of promotion, because you want it to be where the hands get sweaty and you're really nervous and delighted. Yes. At the same time, so it, you know, it's not like you've been waiting forever to be promoted, or you're promoted so early you're going to fail. Um, so I don't know why I brought that up.
1: Um, what what I um, so my what pops into my thinking is you describe uh, that um, I, I can't think of a promotion that I've received in my life that the timing felt perfect where I felt completely ready.
0: Oh, uh, great. And... Well, I've never been ready for anything. I wasn't ready for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and <up> and
1: <laughs> I totally agree with you on that point. <laughs>
0: What does that
1: got to do with competence? <laughs> <laughs> where, where I'm going is a lot of times when uh, someone that I'm coaching will say, Hey, I, I'm being considered for this position. And then they give me 17 reasons why the timing's not right, both personally mm-hmm. and professionally. And, you know, what I, I, I share what I said to you that I, I can't think of a time when the timing was perfect and I felt mm-hmm. completely ready. Right. Um, but a really smart colleague of yours and mine, Uh, kind of coined this expression, I put it a little bit differently, but she would ask people that were newly promoted to think about how and who they want to be in this new role Mm -hmm. and what pivots, she used the word pivots, uh, do you need to be thinking about uh, as you look at this new role? And when you get the answer, let's talk about it. Uh, so it kind of puts this demand that yeah you may not have everything you need but there's there's this active process yeah. of, of what you need to do differently or think about differently in this role and i i just think that's like gold
0: yeah uh, i do too um i'm thinking of a young man who loves to do all the od work and stuff but he's got he's gotten promoted a level and he's going, oh my God, I want to do it because I would add this or that. And he's learning how to be a lazy leader. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> Executive um, delegation is a real art, how much to delegate and when do you look at it and when don't you, but okay, we're all over the place. I'm gonna- oh, No, ahead. but I,
1: it, it, we'll, we'll tie back into performance. It's interesting because what
0: I the onus isn't on us; it's on listeners.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's really nice when there's no one out there.
0: (laughs) So grab your nuggets.
1: So, now what I was going to share, I I I like what Meg said. I'll only use her first name. Mm -hmm. Um, What I used to tell folks, uh, particularly if they work with me, is is you know the company just promoted you. We gave you a bump in salary. You may have more bonus coming to you. Uh, you may have some extra perks, uh, you may have a better office accommodation. So the company's promoted you. And so I put it on, what are you going to do to promote yourself? Like, how are you going to be in this role that really takes you to the next level?
0: Holy crud.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I wish I could. No, I'm saying that
0: because I never did that. <laughs> well, <laughs> because you know what, I did the same work. Oh, never mind. No, I think I did the same work, whatever level. But anyway, I want to talk about a study I did when I was getting my master's in organizational development. And it was for a department store. I don't remember how I put it all together, but here, and it was over three years. And department stores get quite a bit of turnover and they wanted to reduce that. Now, this is for a department store. Yeah. If they had... A serious talk at two weeks and six weeks and three months. The person set their level set where they were going to be and stayed there regardless of. They've had their thermometer, not whatever. They had their performance range set. Yeah. And. What the uh, CEO said, he said, you know, because I talked to him maybe seven years after and he said, they've stayed. He said it was those first three conversations that set their temperature for the whole rest of their career and it did reduce turnover. So I think, can't you smell at two weeks that there may be an issue?
1: Oh, I, I... Yeah, I not only do you smell it, I think both you and the
0: person involved know yeah. it. Yeah, so in, in, I'm throwing that out there that two, two weeks, six weeks, three months, an hour conversation if it's something that matters to you. But the other, I want to say the three meetings a year is structured informal, but you can't not have it. Yeah, even if forget any questions forget anything other than sitting down and going how's it going three yeah. times a year with people who report to you and I don't know about I wonder about placing those throughout the year so you don't get overwhelmed and burned out I think new you know what I mean on a different calendar for different yeah
1: yeah well people. I, I- I think you're spot on. I think someone being new to a job or new to a role, and I'm talking about an hourly person or mm-hmm. uh, a salary person, given giving frequent uh, feedback early in the game based on the timeline that you mentioned, I, I think whoever that executive was, spot on. It sets it sets the thermostat. That's you know, the word that I was looking for, maybe? Thermostat. Well, you know, I, I'll tell you, a. a, a Kind of a uh, a funny story that happened, gosh, Joyce, 40 years ago. I mean, literally. I was a store manager, and we had just hired a high school kid. And if you think back, you know, if it's someone's first job, they uh-huh. come in having no kind of expectation of the way things are around here. And we hired this nice kid uh, whose mother happened to shop in our store. And he was a good kid, but, man, he was sl O W, yeah. <laughs> and he he not only was slow, but he wandered around.
0: He had a good time. You
1: know, he was supposed to be a bagger, and he'd be looking out the window. So one day, I'm walking around, I'm thinking, God, I don't want to fire this guy because the mother will stop shopping in my store. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I went over to him, and uh, God, I can't remember the fellow's name, but I'll, I'll call him Ira, or something like that. I said, Ira, come on over here. I said, I know this is your first job, but do you see that guy over there? And it'd have to be Steve Shawnee. He's okay. my assistant manager. This guy, he never walked slow. He would walk in almost a trot uh-huh. around the whole store. Uh-huh. I said, do you see Mr. Shawnee over there? What do you think he's thinking when he's going that speed and he sees you going so slow and wandering around? And the guy looked at me, and said- he's probably not too happy. (laughs) I said, well, I don't know if he's unhappy, but I would like you to pick up your pace. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that, so why am I telling this story? I think feedback in the moment, very specific and surgically given something doesn't demean him. But this kid, Ira, he, he trotted the rest of his career with us. Now, he may have only been doing it when he saw me coming.
0: That's right. But... <laughs> the rat experiments we were talking about. The I think I think the key
1: there is, particularly new in a career, Yes. don't overwhelm the person with everything they're doing wrong, because right. they're going to do a lot wrong. It's their first time doing a lot of different right. parts. And of in that run.
0: mode, you're actually teaching. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're teaching. So, you know, as you teach, as you go, I um, am a proponent of freezing the moment three times a year. I don't care a lot about structuring that, but that you do it. Because I have another uh, example recent where nobody wanted to work with this woman, no matter what, and they had to. She was in a position where everybody had to interact with her. And the OD person went to her and said, hey, you know, if you could turn it and have your face show when we're on the Zoom call. And he felt he had told her, you're in trouble. About six weeks later, they fired her. And she, they avoided a lawsuit through conversation with her, but she hadn't heard that at all. So it's a tricky thing. You have to know when you're giving feedback to teach. Yeah. Which needs to be pretty constant. Um, And you might be, thats I'm getting clear. Three times a year, you stop and have an informal, formal conversation. Figure out what you want to put in that. But if you stop and look at each other across the desk, you'll come up with something. Yeah. And then do feedback for teaching and development. And know when you need to stop the moment. Now, here's the thing: who gives that message? Because it's hard to be the developer if you're the boss. Well, yeah, I, I, I yes. Um... And does that put HR back in a position of being the bad guy, or does? Because we were big on the the uh, boss did the work. Yeah, this
1: may be Pollyanna, wishful thing. And I think back to my early career, I was judge and jury. Mm -hmm. You know, I was given a form and I would rate someone Mm -hmm. and I would, in the spirit of being honest, lay it on them and it was a disaster. Yeah. So it's kind of the command and control. I'm in charge. I know you don't. You're not in control. You know, there's been a lot written about. Uh, leading like a coach or being right. more of a coach leader yeah. than being a command and control leader. And I think in the, in the coaching model of leading and, and your most progressive companies, they're already there. Right. They've restructured all their processes. Right. You know, to, not to create this kind of uh kumbaya or yeah. really kind of your pal and your friend. No, that's bullshit. Right. And, um, it's more in the context. Uh, I respect you. I will treat you like an adult. I'll well, assume that more often than not, you have all the answers that you need to get the job yeah, done.
0: It's like coactive coaching.
1: It's the coactive coaching model. So I think right. in that context, uh, you can give the feedback that may feel um, uh, sting a little, uh, but I think if you come at it as coach, as opposed to as punitive boss, I don't know. Is that Pollyanna to
0: you? No. No. And let's pause a minute to say to our listeners check out Coactive Coaching if you want some coaching training. I think it's the best model going. Um, was that an ad? <laughs> it was an ad. Well, I'm, I'm, a,
1: I'm a Coactive Trained Coach. So I, okay. and quite honestly, uh, I, as a leader, um, I look at early in my career I did anything but coach mm-hmm. you know my need my ego my mm-hmm. need to be right my need to have the answer
0: mm-hmm.
1: to have control um,
0: and that was cult- partly that was culturally induced oh absolutely you, yeah. were,
1: you were drugged master your job mm-hmm. know it better than anyone else okay have the answer yeah. Move the needle. Yeah. And you do that by telling people what you want them to do.
0: And then following up and yes. you hold, you hold them accountable. Yeah. Let me tell you how much I hate the titles of a lot. You can see a shift in attitudes. I got out a bunch of old business magazines, but there's still enough that says, to um, make people change their mind. Hold your people accountable. Um, can't remember the others but they're all I this person above you make you do things
1: still can I can I make your ears cringe what'd I say no it's something I used to say And, and the point in all this to our listeners if if any of you are seeing yourself or seeing people in your company or your processes really rethink I I used to firmly believe uh early in my career that you made your employees as good as you can make them be
0: mm-hmm. make them allowed be.
1: them to be as bad as they want to be. So you see kind of the, you mm-hmm. know, uh, somehow they were lesser than, mm-hmm. you know, they couldn't get there on their own. I, they're as good as you make them and as bad as you let them be. I mm-hmm. mean, what a worked Bob yeah. Stapleton perspective.
0: So- I do want to, here's another example of a company of 50, very innovative, very young, very hip uh, in the uh, cannabis industry. Wonderful. And their CEO and OD person just rolled out um, a performance development plan similar to what we've talked about. In fact, I sort of helped shape it. And the the people went nuts loving it Mm. because they were younger. They said, nobody's ever helped me uh, learn stuff like this. It was, they're just blown away that a company would care. Isn't that interesting? That's brilliant. I I thought they'd be millennially something or other, but anyhow, I thought there might be resistance but anyhow, that's another anecdote. Well, I think what's important about what you said, generationally,
1: the millennials, they're not going to put up with being mm-hmm. held in court
0: and judged. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you do when, if you're the coach, because a lot of times when you're coaching, you stay out of judging of performance, right? Uh, yes. If I'm coaching... First of all, I assume my client is capable, competent, blah, 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 blah. And I, as a coach, you learn to follow mm-hmm. and not necessarily lead. You can give input or suggestions or have them develop the suggestions. What do you do when it's really somebody that's got to go? When does, I, th- I say, first of all, you keep it out of the development conversations. It's a yeah. whole different thing that you're doing.
1: Yeah, I I think, and so I'm, I'm going to make the assumption that in the scenario that you're describing, the person is either new to the job, relatively, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or new to the company.
0: Oh, you can assume that, but I'm I was actually thinking about somebody that needed to retire and wasn't.
1: Ah, oh, okay. Gosh. So oh, either
0: way, either way.
1: Yeah, I you know I, a coach tells their truth you know I, I think about when i've only it's only happened once but i've terminated a coaching relationship about a month and a half two months in where i looked at the person i said something to me doesn't feel right and in coaching it doesn't matter what i think mm-hmm. but something isn't working and i'm just curious how you see it mm-hmm. uh nice. and, the, and the person agreed he said you know he said, to be honest, my boss made me get this coaching and it's nothing against you, but it's not working for me either. No. And I, so I think reframe the conversation as a coach, you you tell your truth. So, you know, I, yeah, I have absolutely. a lot of respect for you. You've done some great things for this company. Something doesn't quite feel the same or right.
0: What do you think? And, and, um, you would do that whenever you feel like it, right?
1: I think I would do it. Yeah, you you wouldn't say it. Yeah, I I think I would do it the third day someone's with the company. Hmm. If if I'm like, is everything okay? Because I'm making if
0: if if people pay enough attention.
1: Yeah. Um, and I may be wildly off. Someone may have something personal in their life that's totally incapacitating them, uh, and and you know, taking all their energy. So it, it kind of throws out in a non-judgmental way, something, you know, looking at, you know, what I thought or whatever, it's just not working out.
0: Uh, I hope listeners will send in their two cents to our Facebook page.
1: Well, we need, we it, need right? help.
0: <laughs> so so <laughs> um, Joyce, I
1: think we, we, we probably want to wrap up to keep ourselves in our time limit. Um, Anything thoughts is about anything that we talked about today?
0: Make sure you have three scheduled, at least an hour long, 90 minutes long, with each direct report. You can stagger those and not necessarily relate them to the uh, annual bonus thing so that you don't dread them. And keep them informal, but don't wait For them to come to you, know that you have that time set up. It has to be there, I think, because I don't think we're that good when we're that busy to do continuous coaching. So you just need to step out of the world and talk about the world and uh, together for a little bit. So I would say do three a year for sure with everybody, without a piece of paper until after you're done and you've made an agreement. Of you know what I want, what would be great, but you come empty. Yeah, I like that. And if you're if you're ready to do a tough conversation where the job is at risk, the, that's done outside of the development conversation, and it's done clearly. Because I'm thinking of a top level executive who's thought her. The boss said, "I've told her." there's this much time now, you know, it was her. She um, and I said, if I went into her office and said, do you know that you're about to lose your job? And she didn't. Because if you have people that don't take in informal data, it's often a surprise. Anyhow, this is not easy, people.
1: It's not. Um, I guess the, the two thoughts Uh, that I leave with and I may or may not have shared is uh, the onus on development, uh, I think in what we're describing, kind of shifts to the employee. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. And and the notion that I have to fix someone uh, Mm -hmm. or I have to be the one that really lays down the hammer and judges, Mm -hmm. not only is that exhausting, uh, but it's demeaning.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Infantilizing. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. And it's no fun for anyone.
0: Right. Ooh, um, I, yeah. And by the way, the, the cultural norm has to be if you are confused about your performance, if you are irritated, knock on the door of your boss and use the sentence of, can yeah. we talk? I'm confused. And, and, and that's asking a lot. Yeah. But it's assuming people are grown up. Yeah, and but part of the infantilization is it the power structure. It's really hard not to think about the CEO as mommy or daddy. Without a doubt. Um, All right, let's. We can stop in the middle of this. <laughs> listen <laughs> to Bob. Don't listen to me. Oh no! I no.
1: I I, I uh, yeah. I think shifting oh. the onus, and then um, I think your comment about sit down three times a year, no paper in front of you. My recommendation in closing is I'd simplify, simplify, simplify. You can ask four questions. How are you doing? What's going well? Where do you need help? What do you need from me? What could the company do? I mean, it's that simple uh, from my perspective.
0: I think that's perfect. Okay. Yeah, three meetings a year with those questions.
1: Excellent. Well, uh, yeah, and not so simple. So we'd like to hear from you on our Facebook page. uh, And ultimately, uh, let's have a live conversation about this as well, Joyce. Absolutely. Okay. Hey, say goodbye to everyone.
0: Bye. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. Command and control. (laughs) (laughs) Leave with your snack.
1: Have a great week. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Bob and Joyce podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up an idea or two to go forward and do great work. For more information, please visit us at bobandjoyce.com. If you like today's podcast, please click subscribe and even better, give us a quick review on Apple Podcasts. It supports us and helps others define the show. If you'd like more ODHR content, please follow us on Facebook by searching for Bob and Joyce Podcast. Until the next time, be well and be safe.